Welcome back to Nerd Sandwich. And today we have a spoiled sandwich for y'all. Um, we're going to be talking about the Net- Disney Plus. I was going to say the Netflix Plus. Uh, the <laughs> Disney Plus <laughs> uh, Loki series. Um, <clears throat> obviously, spoilers ahead. So, you know, if you didn't watch it yet, you probably shouldn't listen to us. We'll be going through it, you know, and just talking about the whole show in its entirety. Um, not every detail, but, you know, just stuff that stuck out to us. Um, what else? Uh, I guess spoiler warning for other MCU movies. So if you haven't seen any, you know, we'll probably talk about stuff that's pertaining to something probably Thor related, probably Avengers too, but yeah, whatever. Um, and yeah, so if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled about MCU, don't, you know, don't listen, but it's cool. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get started in after the credits or opening after the opening. Yeah. Nerd sandwich, comics, movies, nerd things, sandwiches. Woo 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 woo. All right. <laughs> uh, here, we, here, here we are. <clears throat> um, yeah, we'll, we'll start here. Um, what y'all think? Wasn't wasn't Loki amazing? I mean, I'm putting words in your mo- in your mouths, but. I, thought I was going to say fantastic, but now I guess I have to say it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had a lot it. of fun with Loki. I yeah. legit thought Wednesdays were Fridays. That's how good it felt. <laughs> 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 I love that we're in multiverse territory. It's just, I will just watch anything about multiverses. So it looks like I'm going to be a happy person I know. in the upcoming Marvel <laughs> universe. My goodness, uh, multiverse opens so many doors for so many things. And it's like, ah, the potential is what I'm like just coasting on right now. I'm, I'm just existing in this hype realm that is just all potential for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And like ultimately, like <clears throat> the multiverse means there are no rules anymore. Um, right. Like you, you get to redefine reality however you see fit. Um. And, and that's just so exciting because Marvel gets ridiculous. And like the only way you can truly ever get to the scale of the ridiculous that is the comics or, you know, any just true potential of each character, you got to throw reality out the window. <laughs> right. I'm I'm just so excited that they even went here, especially with it being like a Disney franchise. I know that the comics get so in like crazy about alternate timelines and pretty much anything can happen. But I just wasn't sure if they would ever go there with the Marvel Universe as far as movies and TV go. And I'm just really <clears throat> excited that they're willing to do this after 10 years. It just feels like a great investment if you've been with the franchise for 10 years. Um, and I'm also just super excited that they're doing this at a time when their TV format is really taking off as well. Like it just oh. felt like Loki was such a fresh way of telling a Marvel story. And I'm I'm just so here for it. I'm so excited. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't see it being Loki being the like kind of introduction to it. Um, well, like the deeper dive into what the multiverse is. Right, right. They've been kind of setting the breadcrumbs for a while. Yeah, Especially but I have one division. I have loved the symbolism though of uh, of Loki. His his um, how much is inspired by his actual like um, Norse mythology, like history. Um, the concept of a trickster, like I love tricksters in all forms. Um, they come up in many different like cultures, myths, you know, legends and things of that sort. Like 
mythologies <clears throat> um, and tricksters are just so known for creating change uh, and giving like causing problems, causing issue, <clears throat> but in order to teach others something like that's the sole purpose of like this cycle. And like Loki's in the cycle of causing calamities after calamities and creating new um, what, worlds, I guess, like new um, uh, revelations for people. And I just feel like this is such a larger scope of what that means. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. It's really interesting. Like he truly yeah. captures the idea of what a trickster is. Like Tom Hiddleston. I mean, I, Tom Hiddleston and Loki, the character. Like it's just, it's do. I, I think it's doing it so well and so sci-fi like too. Right. It was like, it was kind of heartbreaking to follow Loki and see, you know, both from the movies and the show that he's very focused on his own objectives and gaining power and ruling Asgard. But then he, through his like relationship with Mobius, realizes that he just kind of causes heartbreak and change like wherever he goes and that that's not really what his purpose in life is and i just like i like that for like character development for him like him realizing that over and over again in a way it's it's a cool take on loki mm -hmm. as i've been saying with the other marvel uh series that we've been reviewing you know wandavision and falcon and the winter soldier i just feel like this is just refreshing you know like um it feels like a mature, it feels like Marvel is maturing, like as a, a brand for storytelling. At least like it felt like the up to end game felt like a more of a traditional sense of storytelling in terms of what they want to do with superheroes and their lore. And I feel like they're really branching out to get more new voices and to focus on what, you know, really mattered or what they felt like was really strong in their first like batch. And, like, I feel like it was a really wise idea to give Loki his own, you know, story like this and to flesh it out the way they did because Loki is a great character. One of the best villains in, like, Marvel's Yeah, early our first roster. villain. Yeah, not, yeah, the first villain. Villain-led story, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, it was just great seeing him on, like, like just seeing him on screen because I always wanted more time with Loki because he stole the show in Avengers and, like, he's one of the best parts of the Thor movies. And so, like, seeing him have his own moment and time for redemption and just exploration into his character was, like, a really smart move on their part. And to have him be part of the linchpin that opens up the wider universe, just smart, smart decision-making. And, like, you know, you combine that with, like, the political messages that are in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier or, like, the messages about trauma and grief that are in WandaVision. And you can see that they are really opening up their minds to new ideas. And... Uh, really progressing. I don't know. I yeah. legit thought Wednesdays were Fridays. That's how good it felt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're in multiverse territory. It's just, I will just watch anything about multiverses. So it looks like I'm going to be a happy person I know. in the upcoming Marvel <laughs> universe. My goodness. Uh, multiverse opens so many doors for so many things. And it's like, ah, the potential is what I'm like. Just coasting on right now. I'm I'm just existing in this hype realm that is just all potential for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. And like ultimately, like <clears throat> the multiverse means there are no rules anymore. Um, right. Like you you get to redefine reality however you see fit. Um, and, and that's just so exciting because Marvel gets ridiculous, and like the only way you can truly ever get to the scale 
of the ridiculous that is the comics or, you know, any just true potential of each character, you got to throw reality out the window. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just so excited that they even went here, especially with it being like a Disney franchise. I know that the comics get so in like crazy about alternate timelines and pretty much anything can happen, but I just wasn't sure if they would ever go there with the Marvel universe as far as movies and TV go. And I'm just really excited that they're willing to do this after 10 years. It just feels like a great investment if you've been with the franchise for 10 years. Um, And I'm also just super excited that they're doing this at a time when their TV format is really taking off as well. Like it just felt like Loki was such a fresh way of telling a Marvel story. And I'm, I'm just so here for it. I'm so excited. And to get multiple versions of Loki too. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like to take it even further like let's not, let's not just explore loki let's explore all the loki all the loki <laughs> yes uh. i loved classic loki <laughs> oh fantastic absolutely fantastic yes um i never thought i wanted to see that right <laughs> <laughs> i've been extremely dismissive of loki in his uh older comic uh iterations and like I've legit have not cared for his character because of how he looks, but now I feel differently. <laughs> it was so uh, epic. <laughs> I was getting seeing the old, the old classic yellow and green costume with the super long horns. Like, ah, oh, like the gold, the silver age. Let's go. Like old man Loki, or even the idea of seeing like the idea of an alternate future Loki is just fantastic to me because someone like him is already already amazing and interesting just at his current age but like imagine like a hermit version of that that like lived for many 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 thousands probably more years and has all that like extra built-in knowledge and wisdom and it's just like wow this this guy is probably amazing and he was he was yeah his power that i mean that's that's as close to uh you know reality warping as you can get without being reality warping right I like how he concentrated all of his magic learning, like solely on magic. Like he like he talked about not picking up any weapons and everything. Yeah, like hinders hinders potential. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good like foreshadowing into his super pow- like super ability later. Um, when he created that whole castle, it was just true. great. Yeah, true. Could you imagine? Because he said he was staying on a planet. He lived on some other planet for I forget how long. He said. Um, so he basically lived in his own reality for however many years, right? Like he literally constructed mm-hmm. every interaction he made. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's almost right? like Dr. Manhattan-esque or right. like Swamp Thing, just living out his own like life in peace and solitude, but, lo- but like, you know, feeling that loneliness and craving for that connection again. Mm-hmm. And he reached out and paid the price for it. Like that's what led to his revelation but like he's not supposed to grow right like he's he's not allowed to win right he's he's destined to fail is what right. i think he said so right like even in just literally character development he's he's, he's breaking the timeline <laughs> <laughs> yeah huh yeah All right. <laughs> uh, here, we, here, here we are. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll start here. Um, what'd y'all think? Wasn't wasn't Loki amazing? I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth in your mouths, but 
I thought I was it was say fantastic, but now I guess I have to say it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved a lot it. of fun with Loki. It's yeah, like, I, it really I does love feel these... like a new era for Marvel. Like, not just in the sense that, oh, Thanos is gone and Captain America is gone. Like, it actually feels like they have stepped up their game as well. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think of the TVA? Uh, an organization that is meant to monitor the timeline. And they exist I mean, in a place that's outside of time. How that's can, what, is there a place yeah. that doesn't exist in a time? <laughs> yeah, you ever been, you never been there? <laughs> it's like when you're when you're doing sit ups or push ups or anything. That's <laughs> it's like, there, how ahead. do you even answer when someone says where? <laughs> like because it's not they're using time to answer a where question <laughs> in a sense, but it's not even when either it's that's very complicated to understand for me at least like it exists outside of time but like how do you get to a place that is not in the future or the past or the present mm-hmm. or a place in space <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah especially when all the tvas branch off in the end too i'm just unclear of where they are in time always i feel like yeah, like, what's the address? Like, how do I mail you things? <laughs> it's like answering yellow. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Nerd Sandwich. And today we have a spoiled sandwich for y'all. Um, we're going to be talking about the Net- Disney Plus. I was going to say the Netflix Plus. Uh, the <laughs> Disney Plus <laughs> uh, Loki series. Um <clears throat> obviously spoilers ahead so you know if you didn't watch it yet you probably shouldn't listen to us we'll be going through it you know and just talking about the whole show in its entirety um not every detail but you know just stuff that stuck out to us um what else uh, i guess spoiler warning for other mcu movies so if you haven't seen any you know we'll probably talk about stuff that's pertaining to something probably thor related probably avengers too but yeah whatever um and yeah, so if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled about MCU, then you know don't listen. But it's cool. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get started in after the credits or opening after the opening. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, here, we, here, here we are. <clears throat> um, yeah, we'll we'll start here. Um, What'd y'all think? Wasn't wasn't Loki amazing? I mean, I'm putting words in your mo- in your mouths, but I thought I was it was gonna say fantastic. But now I guess I have to say it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I loved had a lot it. of fun with Loki. I yeah. legit thought Wednesdays were Fridays. That's how good it felt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're in multiverse territory. It's just I will just watch anything about multiverses. So it looks like I'm gonna be a happy person. I know. In the upcoming Marvel <laughs> universe. My goodness. Uh, multiverse opens so many doors for so many things. And it's like, ah, the potential is what I'm like just coasting on right now. I'm, I'm just existing in this hype realm that is just all potential for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And like ultimately, like <clears throat> the multiverse means there are no rules anymore. Um, right. Like you, you get to redefine reality however you see fit. Um, and, and that's just so exciting because Marvel gets ridiculous, and like the only way you can truly ever get to the scale of the ridiculous that is the comics or 
you know, any just true potential of each character, you got to throw reality out the window. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just so excited that they even went here, especially with it being like a Disney franchise. I know that the comics get so in like crazy about alternate timelines and pretty much anything can happen, but I just wasn't sure if they would ever go there with the Marvel universe as far as movies and TV go. And I'm just really excited that they're willing to do this after 10 years. It just feels like a great investment if you've been with the franchise for 10 years. Um, And I'm also just super excited that they're doing this at a time when their TV format is really taking off as well. Like it just felt like Loki was such a fresh way of telling a Marvel story. And I'm, I'm just so here for it. I'm so excited. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I didn't see it being Loki being the like kind of introduction to it. Um, well, like the deeper dive into what the multiverse is. Right, right. They've been kind of setting the breadcrumbs for a while. Yeah, Especially but I have division. I have loved the symbolism though of uh, of Loki. His his um, how much is inspired by his actual like um, Norse mythology, like history. Um, the concept of a trickster, like I love tricksters in all forms. Um, they, they come up in many different, like, cultures, myths, you know, legends and things of that sort, like mythologies. <clears throat> um, and tricksters are just so known for creating change uh, and giving, like, causing problems, causing issue, <clears throat> but in order to teach others something. Like that's the sole purpose of like this cycle, and like Loki's in the cycle of causing calamities after calamities and creating new um, what, worlds, I guess, like new um, uh, revelations for people. And I just feel like this is such a larger scope of what that means. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. It's really interesting. Uh, um, that TVA, I thought they were great. They, I love their their clothing that one dude that said that he had the infinity stone or he had the um the comedian dude i don't know i can't think of his name um he was like one of the receptionist people or whatever yeah one of the workers in tva and he had like a bunch of uh, paperweights as infinity stones that blew (laughs) my mind like that was such a good way to end that episode it really established the power that this tva has and after thanos you didn't think it could be topped like, or, or I was just wondering how they were going to be able to come up with a new kind of villain or a counterforce after that. And the TVA having just a drawer full of Infinity Stones and Tesseracts and other, and other like high-powered items that they just use as paperweights was such a cool way to show the power that can be harnessed by controlling the TVA. I loved that. Yeah, that's a super good point. And like... Again, it just makes me think about the decision making that went on here. You know, when they were thinking like, okay, we made 10 years worth of Marvel properties and we like basically made these five or five stones that basically make someone the strongest being in the universe. Like, how do you top that? And then they were like, okay, there's more than one universe. (laughs) 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 And like, oh, (laughs) like the Infinity Stones are nothing compared to the vast multiverse and like in the great scheme of things. And it's just like to further expand out the scope like that was just like genius. And I also thought it was just like really cool and interesting. And of course, someone like Loki who has been searching for the ultimate power his whole career, like sees something that is beyond even that. And it's like, well, screw whatever I was doing before. Right. 
<laughs> yep. <clears throat> I love the variant jacket. I really wanted to get that, the rain break, the, the windbreaker. Oh, Did yeah, it? it was great. The whole style of the TVA was awesome. Yes, the 50s, it. Mad Men-like aesthetic. Like, yeah, I want that variant jacket, too. I definitely eyed it. I'm like, I like that collar you got there, sir. Mm-hmm. And, and all the brown. Color. <laughs> oh, man. Can we talk about Renslayer and her amazing suit? <laughs> I, <laughs> I cannot stop eyeing her suit. It has the, There's a side. There's the right side of it or left side of it just like has an extra length to it that kind of hangs out kind of like a cape. Right. It's like asymmetrical. Yes. An asymmetrical suit. And she has like these like cut off like pant legs. And I'm like, I just adore Renslayer's whole design. She's great. She's definitely fly, that's for sure. The flyest in the room. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention uh, Owen Wilson and his amazing brown suit and those ties. Uh, I love the whole thing. I love all the fashion in this in this one. It's great. Yep. Costume design was on point. I loved having Owen Wilson there. It felt familiar. Like I felt like I already knew who he was when it I felt met cozy. Him. Yep. Yeah. Like and I, and he's great with silver hair. He's and the mustache. Like, yep. yes. Love the mustache. <laughs> Love the mustache. Like, it looks... Owen Wilson, if you're listening, good mustache. Yeah, keep it, man. <laughs> good. Rock that. It um, was a treat seeing him, like, on the show. Like, part of the Marvel Universe. He fits in so well. Like, it wasn't, like... It's not jarring at all. Like, it's comfortable because, yeah, it's Owen Wilson and you know him. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's only Owen Wilson and that's the only thing you can see, Right. He right, fits in. In like he had great chemistry yeah. with Loki, or in like Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston have great chemistry. It was just awesome. I feel like his personality was a great um, match with Loki as well, kind of helping tease out his character development in a natural way that was just enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. I love and, that. Oh no, please go ahead. No, oh, just at the end when Loki kind of enters I mean I know I'm kind of maybe veering off track but when he enters like a different timeline and this return back to Mobius and he doesn't recognize him it was just like truly heartbreaking I just I love the two of them together I love the relationship and just to realize that this the one that he was with in that timeline didn't know anything about him I was like, no <laughs> I know that history everything they've been through yeah uh I so much enjoyed like the very the early episodes with him just like deeply reading Loki and everything about him. Right. Just like, he just like went in on his character. He like, has his master's this is everything that you Loki. care about. Exactly. Like, I've been studying <laughs> you my whole like time. Right. Come on, man. For eons. <laughs> <laughs> right. None of this shit you're doing is going to work on me. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it is, it is so good. It's just like, they just, they basically just strip him naked in terms of all his defenses. <laughs> and just to see him re- like watch his own history both his history and his future in the time, like the time, like box library stream thing that he was watching. And just that deconstruction of everything that he believed in as a villain. Like they took care of that very quickly, but also really efficiently at the same time. It's like, this is what you, this is what you were, but it's not who you are. You know, it doesn't have to be who you are. Mm hmm. And that kind of revelation for Loki had to happen outside of time, too. Right. Um, yeah, Mobius is such a was such a pivotal part of understanding Loki. Obviously, I mean, yeah, like you explained, like just he really ex- exemplified like how much he had studied him. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I love when he's just challenging him on what kind of power he wants and what he's going to do with it. Like just stripping a villain's motivations down in a therapy session is great. <laughs> it reminds like the Sopranos, like Tony Soprano talking to the their uh Melfi. Yeah, it's just like I love those kind of scenes where you just kind of lay the villain out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It was also cool watching the Avengers from like a different perspective, kind of. I mean, you know, like they're just showing scenes from Avengers, which we we all watched like what, how many years ago? Nine years ago. And like now they like, can do that. Stuff, exactly. They can do that. <laughs> and we can put it in a new context looking at it from like Loki's point of view. And like we're also seeing like the the Loki that hasn't gone through the growth that we've seen in Thor two and Thor Ragnarok and like and Infinity War and like we're just seeing this older Loki from like look at the Avengers still with that hatred and like jealousy or whatever that he was feeling at the time and it's just like just I don't know it was just fascinating to see his perspective on on the event. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was really waiting for uh, for Mobius to say "Wow, wow." <laughs> <laughs> so I made a conscious effort not to. <laughs> <laughs> it takes everything within him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said it on set, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, you're Loki! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what do y'all think of Sylvie? Um, what do you guys think of the TVA? Uh, an organization that is meant to monitor the timeline. And they exist I mean, in a place that's outside of time. How that's can, what, is there a place yeah. that doesn't exist in a time? <laughs> yeah, you've you never been there? <laughs> it's like <laughs> when, you're, when you're doing sit-ups or push-ups or anything. That's <laughs> it's Is like... There Go how ahead. do you even answer when someone says where <laughs> like because it's not they're using time to answer a where question <laughs> in a sense but it's not even when either it's that's very complicated to understand for me at least like it exists outside of time but like how do you get to a place that is not in the future or the past or the present Mm -hmm. Or a place in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially when all the TVAs branch off in the end, too. I'm just unclear of where they are in time, always, I feel like. And to get multiple versions of Loki, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, to take it even further. Like, let's not, let's not just explore Loki. Let's explore all the Loki. All the Loki. <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> I loved classic Loki. <laughs> oh, Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yes. Um, I never thought I wanted to see that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been extremely dismissive of Loki in his uh, older comic uh, iterations. And like, I've legit have not cared for his character because of how he looks. But now I feel differently. <laughs> it was so uh, epic. <laughs> I was giddy seeing the old, the old classic yellow and green costume with the super long horns. Like, oh. Like the gold, the silver age, let's go. Like old man Loki or even the idea of seeing like the idea of an alternate future Loki is just fantastic to me because someone like him is already, already amazing and interesting just at his current age. But like imagine like a hermit version of the, that that like lived for many, many, many thousands, probably more years. 
and has all that like extra built-in knowledge and wisdom and it's just like wow this this guy is probably amazing and he was he was yeah his power that i mean that's that's as close to uh you know reality warping as you can get without being reality warping right I like how he concentrated all of his magic learning, like solely on magic. Like he like he talked about not picking up any weapons and everything. Yeah, like hinders hinders potential. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good like foreshadowing into his super pow- like super ability later. Um, when he created that whole castle, it was just true. great. Yeah, true. Could you imagine? Because he said he was staying on a planet. He lived on some other planet for I forget how long. He said. Um, so he basically lived in his own reality for however many years, right? Like he literally constructed mm-hmm. every interaction he made. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's almost right? like Dr. Manhattan-esque or right. like Swamp Thing, just living out his own like life in peace and solitude, but lo- but like, you know, feeling that loneliness and craving for that connection again. Mm-hmm. And he reached out and paid the price for it. Like that's what led to his revelation but like he's not supposed to grow right like he's he's not allowed to win right he's he's destined to fail is what i think he said so right like even in just literally character development he's 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 breaking the timeline (laughs) (laughs) yeah huh yeah and i really didn't know who to trust at any given time which is fun (laughs) just like they didn't know who to trust right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to betray one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed by her. I think she was great. I think every, like, I enjoyed every moment with her. She was, like, really well developed and just, like, fun to watch. And, like, even more further down the line than that, just, like, the idea of Loki falling in love finally, but it, with, with himself. With himself. <laughs> it was just, like, amazing. Like, yeah, of course. Like, if it, it's right in line without having to be, like, corny and hammy, you know? Like, it couldn't just be, like, some other girl. It has to be, like, him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I loved her her ability. Yeah, and she her, was really powerful. Her style was cool, too. She had definitely... She was fly as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I, I loved her, like, her... Uh, her horn, like a band, it's not like a hat or a helmet per se, but it's more like a band across her head and it's like a slightly broken, and one of the horns is broken off. Amazing. Mm-hmm. She lives a pretty badass life. Like I would love to see her therapy session just kind of unpacking, spending most of her life living in different apocalypses throughout time. It's just like, mm-hmm. wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Being a woman. Mm. Yeah, being a woman. <laughs> they don't want to say it. was implied. <laughs> right. They don't want to say it, but it's the truth. The same it's thing like with the Black, Black Loki. Loki. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was thinking, <laughs> me and Pareem were watching it together. And I was like, they don't want to ask him because he's just been like, what? <laughs> what's he going to say? I'm Black. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. He was that old, though? They didn't figure it out till he was old. <laughs> hey. That's true. Um, that's true my only problem with sylvie i got kind of distracted by sort of when they were on when they were revealing what her motivations were and the kind of life she lived and how the tva kind of ruined her life um 
she had been, you know, arrested and escaped and was probably going to get, what's it called, pruned um, because she caused a nexus event. But like our introduction to her was her just murdering masses of Minutemen. And it just kind of bothers me in retrospect, like when they're trying to get me to empathize with her, that she killed all these Minutemen that were just like her, essentially. Like she knew they were all themselves variants that didn't know they were variants and were working as Minutemen. But she was murdering them and anyway. I know she's like upset and she is a villain and she is a Loki. So like that's fine. But I don't know. It was just sort of uh it I, I don't know what to think of it. No, you <laughs> so are so right. Like she is a villain, so I shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, the villain did something wrong and unethical. But I don't know, it was just something that just didn't sit right with me about the whole storytelling of it. I like that at least Kang called her out on that. Like he like takes someone like, like look at you, you're yes. a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed it at least spoken, <laughs> acknowledged. And, and, and she couldn't even say anything. She just sat there silently like, oh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't stop her from being still like indignant about like, oh man, like you took this from me. She's like making it all personal and all in her emotions. And that's kind of what caused all this whole mess. But like, like he truly yeah. captures the idea of what a trickster is. Like Tom Hiddleston. I mean, I, Tom Hiddleston and Loki, the character, like it's just, it's do, I, I think it's doing it so well and so sci fi like too. Right. It was like, it was kind of heartbreaking to follow Loki and see, you know, both from the movies and the show that he's very focused on his own objectives and gaining power and ruling Asgard. But then he, through his like relationship with Mobius, realizes that he just kind of causes heartbreak and change like wherever he goes. And that that's not really what his purpose in life is. And I just like, I like that for like character development for him, like him realizing that over and over again, in a way, it's it's a cool take on Loki. As I've been saying with the other Marvel uh, series that we've been reviewing, you know, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I just feel like this is just refreshing. You know, like, um, it feels like a mature, it feels like Marvel is maturing like as a, a brand for storytelling. At least like it felt like the up to end game felt like a more of a traditional sense of storytelling in terms of what they want to do with superheroes and their lore. And I feel like they're really branching out to get more new voices and to focus on what you know really mattered or what they felt like was really strong in their first like batch. And like, I feel like it was a really wise idea to give Loki his own you know, story like this and to flesh it out the way they did because Loki is a great character, one of the best villains in like Marvel's yeah, early Yeah, our first roster. villain. Yeah, not yeah, the first villain-led villain led story. Yeah, matter. yeah, and it's just like it was just great seeing him on like like just seeing him on screen because I always wanted more time with Loki because he stole the show in Avengers and like he's one of the best parts of the Thor movies, and so like seeing him have his great. own moment and time for redemption and just an exploration into his character was like a really smart move on their part and to have him be part of the linchpin that opens up the wider universe, just smart, smart decision-making. And like, you know, you combine that with like the political messages that are in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or like the messages about trauma and grief that are in WandaVision. And you can see that they are really opening up their minds to new ideas and uh, really progressing. I don't know. It's yeah, like, I, it really I does feel these... like a new era for Marvel. Like, not just in the sense that, oh, Thanos is gone and Captain America is gone. Like, it actually feels like 
they have stepped up their game as well. She just killed, yeah, killed completely innocent people. And she knew they were innocent as she was killing them. She didn't and they do didn't it, like, know. None of them yeah, know what their they past. They didn't know. Yeah. yeah exactly. They would have no way of knowing. But I know she's upset, but. That's not good enough. Yeah. But it does, it, it is foreshadowing in that sense where she will do something, just be like, do something bad. That's based true. On, like her personal emotions. That's why I'm like, I feel silly even right thing. bringing it up because she, hello, is a villain. <laughs> so, but. um. See, this is, this is how. This is, how, is she a villain? This is how um, I think Loki will be introduced as a villain again, maybe through her. Like, maybe mm-hmm. he'll constantly be trying to convince her to, like, hey, chill out. And then, but he's going to protect her, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, where is she, by the way? Yeah. Oh, that's a bigger question. They got to they gotta reunite them at some point. Oh, okay. Like, we are, well, we're clearly dancing around, like, what's, <laughs> like, the main thing that we want to talk about here. Kang, look, <laughs> well, we don't want to call We technically never said his name, so yeah, we they didn't even say, say Kang, he who remains, right, <laughs> we'll right? Right, right, right. You know, and some people think he's a mortis, or I mean, I'm sorry, I, I think it's I don't know, a mortis is a character that I mean, that, that is Kang, um, in the comics. In my little research, I have learned that what they've shown in the show is a combination of. Immortus and He Who Remains, who are separate um, yep. characters. Yep, that's what I've heard as well or saw. But both of them are versions of Kang the Conqueror. And who's Immortus? I'm not familiar with him. Uh, shoot, I forget his entire story. But he's more or less like the la- like Kang at the end of the universe. But like he's who a lot of most of the Kangs become. Um. Mm. And he often works towards making sure other kings become him, if that makes sense. Like in a good way? Like, a, like a uh, I, I think that's up to you. Like he does, you know, like it's like a life worth, like a life fulfilled is more or less what he is. Like he still does all the awful things. Mm. But don't we all? Like if you live a life that long and that epic, then there's going to be a series of good things that you've done and a series of bad. And oh, that's absolutely. kind of the thing that I find most interesting about Kang and like, or, you know, this character and his, and I have grown, he's grown on me over time. I'll say this, like I was not entirely on board with how everything was like portrayed in the end by him just because he felt very, it all felt very hammy. Like he was like de- devouring the scenery, like as a character, like jumping up on tables. He's like super animated, super like, energetic and like you know his tone does not match how like everyone feels because we're all just confused and he's just joking around and stuff and eating apples or whatever but like (laughs) (laughs) that's what got you mad (laughs) yeah i mean in a way yeah i'm like dude what read the room (laughs) But, but as like i've gotten further away from the show i've actually enjoyed and appreciated it more and more because like this is a guy that has lived so long that he's seen it all alone all he's seen it all and he's been alone this whole time and yeah like at that point you kind of don't give a fuck about what people feel or what the the room tone is or whatever and like i think that's portrayed kind of excellently and kind of subtly in a way and he always knows what's going to happen yeah yeah and could you could you imagine like 
knowing everything it would kind of drive you insane i think most times we want to just know you know like immediate future like i just want i want to know if i got the job i want to know if i won the lottery you know but like past that you don't there's always a wall of how much sight we look forward to or how much you know the part of the future we look forward to um this man can't look forward to anything (laughs) (laughs) like there's nothing like he he knows it all he's he's it's all very conveniently placed for him yeah, he was looking forward to being able to look forward to something. And that was when he, when time, when he finally got to the part that he didn't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I loved how excited he was. He was like a little boy watching the two, you know, Loki and Sylvie fight. <laughs> He's like, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm so happy. Am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's part of the cycles too, you know, and like the like an initiated Ragnarok or some kind, you know, like what Loki does. And like this, he is part of that. Um, Kang or, you know, whatever, he who remains, Sylvie, like this was all, if anything, made possible by him, right? Like if he didn't, if he didn't escape and become a variant, he wouldn't have been there. And he who remains, like, you know, he said he orchestrated it, but he specifically chose Loki. Like he literally can't even escape being chosen by other people. Hmm. So that's how would you believe? Because I kind of disagree. Or really? at least I, I don't know if I disagree is the right term, but I guess I interpreted it differently. I always felt like time was supposed to happen this way and he is allowing it to continue. I guess in the sense of like, you know, Loki was always going to be the person that was going to interfere. And like knowing that he wanted to give up the throne, if you want to call it a throne, of managing the timeline in the TVA, he let Loki and Sylvie get to that point rather than setting them on a path, per se, to find him. Because mm. like, I know mm. Perrine asked these important questions, too, that made me question whether or not they were chosen for this job or whether like it was always meant to be. Because like, you know, there's that moment where they have, where they talk to the hologram time clock like Miss before minutes. they... Yes, Miss Minutes. <laughs> and she's like, hey, you guys want some respect. Right. Like, he who remains is ready to just, guys, just give you guys exactly what you want right here. You guys can just drop out. Like, yeah, that confused me. And they chose it not to. It seemed like it wasn't supposed to happen. So, like, why give them the choice if he actually wants them to come to him anyway? Well, I think that's to give them the illusion that they have free choice, right? But then he tells them immediately that they don't. Hmm complicated time yeah. stuff. Well, I well, feel again, like you're not supposed to think about it too much, but too bad. I think about it way too much. <laughs> well, I, cause I do, I do think that he chose for them. Like he guided them in the path and orchestrated it. However, I don't like, I don't know what kind of matter manipulation or what that includes, but I think somehow he pushed that to happen. But he also, well, yeah, I guess it depends on if you feel like as a part of destiny, you have to go through certain things to get to a certain place. But so it's like, oh, well, maybe he intentionally tried to stop them from seeing him as a way of having them grow before they finally come see him. But then but then I just wonder, like, but he didn't know what was going to happen. So what what were they what were they learning from and growing from? to get to him because he did actively try and stop them, but you could argue that that was necessary. But then once they arrive in front of him, 
he doesn't know what's going to happen. And yeah. it's also just like, why these two? I mean, I know Loki is a common variant. Like that's why there's so many Lokis. So maybe in that way, it's important that, or it would make sense that it's Loki, but why these two in particular and why together? Mm-hmm. It just, it just seems like it's not meant to be. And this was, this was an accident, but then it's not, it's not what he says. Mm. Think about, um, I'm, I'm thinking about Dr. Strange and infinity war. You remember when he like was just sitting meditating for a while and looking at all the possible outcomes in which they could maybe beat Thanos and actually right. save the universe. Mm-hmm. And like, there was only like one essentially like maybe a handful. And then like one where that was actually like the best out of those. And he said like, it has to play out this way. And so like when everyone gets snapped, that's still a horrible result. And like, he could not control what happened there, but he was like, this is what needs to happen in order for the best outcome to happen. And so I think I always thought of, uh, Kang or the he who remains actions as that as like this is like I know the multiple timelines that could occur here but like Sylvie and Loki have to be the ones to go through this particular process in order for the best outcome to happen which is but them he, to get to me and take my job or he doesn't know if end. it's the best well for him the best to me in my opinion for him the best is his job being over if that means him take mm-hmm. someone taking it from him or killing him he wants to be done and so like the way that he gets to be done is through this exact process because that's more what he says when they ask him why are you doing this and he's just like man i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like to me it's like it's maybe less about oh what is the best possible outcome because that in itself is not a tangible thing like that is uh, subjective and, and that's why the TVA would always kind of be uh, a negative uh, organization to begin with, because no one person can just decide what the best timeline is. And so for him, he admittedly says, my motivation is just because I'm tired. I want to retire and I want to hand this off to someone else. And therefore, to me, it feels like it's not like, oh, this is the best possible outcome. It's just like he just he just like they act they actually got to him. And he knew it was going to happen, but he just let it happen. Then he's going to just hand over the reins to them because he just doesn't want to deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, I still think it's orchestrated. Like, I still think that all of that was active decision making to ignore, or like, I think it, it can be interpreted in so many ways. There's no wrong answer, it almost. <laughs> um, like, he allowed, he needed to cause things that would be reality shaking to happen like the more ridiculous it got then the more likely it would tear time apart um so like putting two loki's together that were never meant to like ever meet like which just shouldn't have been possible for them to meet um placing them in scenarios that should not be happening like they're on another planet that they're not supposed to be in any why they're not supposed to be in any capacity there's no they don't even know where they are really probably and making it more and more ridiculous until they can finally break reality enough um, to find him where he exists, which is in a ridiculous place that can't even be explained. So he knew he could sense them when they were in apocalypses, when they were hiding in those apocalypses? I would think so. I think he needed them to be there in order to do something. And like truly, it has to be purposeful. 
It can't be fake. You know, he can't tell them, hey, Loki, hey, Sylvie, I need you two to fall in love or, you know, or whatever. I need you to go on this weird adventure. And at the end, you're going to have a good time. You're going you're to meet me. Like, I don't think he has that kind of control over it. He can, he can, um, like, I'm, the more you talk about it, the more ridiculous and crazy it sounds. I know. <laughs> and like, I don't know if I can't, I, I'm having a hard time processing this as I'm speaking. I know. That's why I'm just like, don't think about it too much. <laughs> um, but maybe he is, he had to influence it enough. Like he did intentionally cause them to meet in order to, so that they could meet him. But it has to, again, be intentional. Like they have to believe that they're getting there. Otherwise it's like him just interjecting and like, why could like, you know, if he truly had, um, ah, I'm losing my words here. If it was really him not being in control. And if he is, if he does have control, why can't he just appear in front of someone and say, Hey, I need you to kill me. Hmm. And then Can just you like, leave his location. I guess I never thought about that. Maybe not, because it's at the end of time, right? Like, because he's yeah. he's figured out. Like, he is the goal. Like, he, what? Imagine you right now conquering the worlds and just never ending, and you're the only person alive. You would literally be the only person that remains, right? Like, is that is that how that works? It's like there is literally nothing else in his universe. Yeah, because they're in the single universe at the at this point. Hmm. What do you think ultimately of the decision now? What would you have done? I guess is my real question. Would you take over the TVA or would you kill he who remains? If you were given the choice. Part of me says I would have taken over. I think curiosity would have got to me and I would have been like, let me see. Let me see what this is all about. Yeah, you can't feel good leaving it as is. That's for sure. And it did seem kind of nice with two people. Like, because then there'd be two different perspectives running things. Is but... it really two perspectives? Or is it just one person twice? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're different. <laughs> one person twice. <laughs> That's too much responsibility for me. But, I mean, maybe it's better to just kill him and then walk away. But could you imagine the chaos? That, the chaos that, yeah, no, that chaos will come though. Like this world will be plunged into like constant. Darkness. Yeah, that's pretty scary, especially after living through the snap and everything. It's like, man, that's nothing. That's nothing compared. <laughs> <to me. laughs> yeah, I keep, I keep thinking. Like when I think about this moment, though, like when, like when it comes to running the TVA and the things that he who remains has done, I don't think he's that proud of like the decisions that he had to make to keep things on this one timeline, right? I think that every time that something bad, you know, maybe not every time, but in a lot of cases when something bad happens, like, it's for a reason, like, to stop a nexus point from happening. Like, I know that a lot of the memes that came out of the last episode was like, yo, why didn't he stop slavery? (laughs) He just let slavery happen entirely, and it's just like, (laughs) that was necessary in like part of his timeline plan rather than him being like these people need to be enslaved right and or like just like a a purely like racist or judgmental opinion and so in that same regard I feel like all the things that happen need to happen in order for the timeline to remain intact and quote-unquote sacred or it's like uh how how to avoid the greatest misfortune for the most amount of people like the whole like uh the deontological versus theological kind of perspective like who 
who deserves to like should one person be killed or the trolley problem you know should one person be killed to save a larger group right or should you just let it play out as like however the cards were dealt kind of thing and compared to the mass destruction that the alternate kings would create like this was the best solution you know Mm -hmm. and what yeah and like could we even fathom what that destruction looks like? Like, you know, like it's probably going to be pretty messed up, you know, like it sounds, it sounds like someone that was able to conquer again, this is where everyone becomes a mortis, at least from my understanding of a mortis and King Uh, King eventually becomes a mortis because he wins. And and to some degree, Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it sounds like it again. I'm I'm interpreting it myself. I haven't read it. Um, then this is where he ends up, end of time, end of the world. Um, wouldn't you, like, that? it takes a lot of power, cunning, you know, just aggression to take over an entire universe and, like, put it into a, an, a series of organized events that you understand. You're like, I chose this, or this is what I think is worthy, sacred, whatever. Right. That's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. I don't know if I can handle it. But at the same time, knowing what he said about like his alternate selves, I immediately believed him. I know Sylvie was not on that train, but I was like, I don't trust any other version of this man <laughs> to be out there roaming around free, let alone if multiple. You, if you were Sylvie in that moment, though, would you trust him after what she's been through? And to meet this person under this circumstances, it's like, yeah, it's so hard to believe. I mean, no, but you got to put your feelings aside. <laughs> like, at, like, Do you? I was upset with her. Like, I, I was like, look, you can't. I know you were hurt as a kid, right? But like, look, multiple versions of this person you hate don't make it any better. Okay. But this is my other problem with the TVA, right? It's like, okay, so sure. This guy is just trying to do the best by the most amount of people. So anytime there's a variant that tries to mess things up, you got you to gotta clamp down the situation, keep your timeline tight, right? But what he decided to do, <laughs> what he decided to do, <laughs> from my understanding of what the show, you know, presented to me is you find the variant, you bring them aggressively and with no explanation through a series of, uh, you know, you know, check them in, you violate them, you have them get a ticket and, you know, just prune, prune the shit out of them if they don't have their ticket, like explain nothing to them. And some of them become Minutemen with no memory of what they're of who they were before, and others actually just get pruned, which you later find out is like they were brought to this other planet with this space monster. Yeah, space garbage disposal, where like you're just essentially left to run until you're eaten or you know destroyed horrifically by this beast. And it's like, why? If if the if one of the options is for um, them to become Minutemen with their memories erased. That seems so much better than than to be pruned. Like, why do you even have to be pruned if you can just get your memory erased? Like, you're like they're just treating them so subhuman for something that he's just trying to do for the the greater good. I mean, I don't even know if that's really what he's what he's going for. But why is why are variants so mistreated? And or, may, or maybe that's the way he keeps everything as bad as possible. 
for them. Like, you know, maybe not he bad. He wants but them to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, they don't know. Like, Sylvie was a child when she was when she was like arrested, and so it's like, why were they? Why are they treated this way? If you can just wipe their memory, or or here's another thing: if like you want to just kill them, like just kill them. Why are they pruned in the first place? It just it seems so roundabout to have them. Just some, it seems like a like a Hunger Games kind of thing. Like, is he watching this out of enjoyment? <laughs> mm. Like, why can't you just kill them and just have them not be a problem anymore? I just found the like that kind of uh, the reasoning and 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 whatnot for like what you do to variants is just seems very roundabout and unnecessary. Like, either just make them a Minutemen with with no memory or just kill them, end it. My assumption was that. What's the, what's the name of the, the the disposal creature as as a rock? Elias. Elias, yeah. That's a I should name my child Elias. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that Elias had some kind of special properties to it. With whatever it destroyed, it had an effect on like. Uh, I can't well, imagine like different hairstyles of us. Like, <laughs> I'd love to see different variants of Purine. I want to see crocodile Purine for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. <laughs> it's still not even confirmed if that was truly Loki or not. You gotta <laughs> believe. Enjoy. You saw the attitude that Crocodile had. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of variants, like I think like one of the coolest things about He Who Remains slash Kang, and just he's so interesting as a character because of his his history that has been written and has yet to be written. Does he? He has a lot of accolades and things in his life like i like you know i've been i did like small research on him and stuff like that and like the multiple versions of him are just fantastic and we not only do we have the conqueror who is like you know world conqueror <laughs> mm-hmm. and universe conqueror or whatever but there's also like a version of him that ends up becoming iron lad which and is a founding member of the young avengers so there's a version of him that becomes a teen superhero. And in that teen superhero version of him ends up growing up to become Kang the Conqueror. And then there's Immortus, you know, then there's He Who Remains. There's like all these different versions of him. Like this dude has potential upon potential. And he Who's knows, that? I don't know, the corporeal essence of those things where like you can't just Ooh. kill something, but more like erase it with a life. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it, yeah. It incinerates, uh, incinerates the wrong word, but you know, whatever. Just like disintegrates it from existence. Right. It goes and, beyond killing. Mm-hmm. I assume that, but I mean, I don't know. So that kid who didn't have his ticket ready, like that teenager in the very first episode, like he deserved the Eliath treatment see, over yeah. somebody else. And, see, and in a way, and when you think, when I think of Eliath as an eraser rather than a killer, then it makes it make it makes more sense, you know, in terms of what is humane and inhumane treatment, right? Because these variants were never supposed to exist, quote unquote. Or I mean, yes, they always existed in the terms of the multiverses are supposed to be split, but in terms of what Kang was going for, he who remains, um, they were not. They're not supposed to exist outside of this one timeline so like they're being erased pruned from existence Mm -hmm. because i guess Mm -hmm. killing them would keep them as a part of the timeline in a sense but like erasing this like army of variants those ones didn't should also have not existed but yet you keep them around yeah i mean the real truth is that 
most of them should be recruited to work for the TVA, right? Because it seems like they're low on souls. That's what I'm anyway. saying. Like, why not just erase their memories? I mean, I get it. Maybe the Lokis. Like, it was cool. The planet maybe is just all Lokis because they maybe they rebel against the system and like they will not be Minutemen. But it just it seems like everyone else should be Minutemen. Again, I go back to that teenager <laughs> who simply <laughs> did not have his ticket. Like, why? Why was he? <laughs> maybe like maybe I can't sleep like, at night. <laughs> within certain variants certain like certain variants are just too much like i'm sure there's a version of you a variant of both of you that probably got really like you know super pruned and like i'm <laughs> sure there's like a version of you that's also a tva agent mm. you know like not all of our variants are treated equal you know true yeah maybe some are just a little too messed up and what is that <laughs> what does that mean like what's the what's the variant that gets pruned version of miles, you know? Oh, like, I want to meet that guy. Awesome. I want to fall in love with that guy. Or that what, like, what did he do? Um, did he, you know, did he not want deodorant? I don't know. I can't even think of a terrible excuse, but he's white. <laughs> <laughs> Boastful miles. <laughs> Isn't there one that's Mr. Incredible's dad too? That's his base self, and not Mr. Incredible, Mr. Fantastic. Or Mr. Fantastic. Noob. Yes, I cannot Mr. wait until they, they fold the Incredibles into the Marvel universe. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah, I mean, in multiple universes, Multi- why multiverse, not? Multiverse, yeah. Anything's possible. <laughs> but yeah, he supposedly, he is a 31st century descendant of yeah. Reed Richards, yep. which is amazing. And it's and so if they do come out with the Fantastic Four movies down the line um, in the Marvel phase, then we're gonna conne- they're going to connect together in some way. And that's fantastic. Like I, that's amazing in and of itself. I I'd love to see the Council of Kings. There's yes. like yeah, there's like mm-hmm. a whole council, and I want to see the nerdy one. I want to see the weak one. You know, like the yes. the anxiety ridden one. The you know, just <laughs> so many <laughs> different things. This actor has no idea what he signed up for. <laughs> that's right. I was thinking about that. They're they're probably going to get a lot of range out of him because I imagine this is my theory. If we're gonna if we want to go to theories. Um, I think because he's supposed to be an Ant-Man, I think he's predicted to be in uh, Doctor Strange. Probably. I'm assuming he'll be in Spider-Man to some capacity. You know, at least some level of influence will be in that. Um, we're gonna just meet a bunch of different versions of him. I don't think it's gonna be the same King. <laughs> he's the villain I, of every movie. <laughs> yeah, like every, but it's a different one. And then yes. we're gonna then the one that's in charge. Then we're gonna find out after an end credits of all of them that there's one king that's pulling the string of all the other kings. The conqueror could it be? <laughs> so he's essentially like the new Thanos in a way, right? That's like or, a, or I mean, like he? to be multi, like like over the next many years, he will be kind of the ultimate goal, the villain. See. I saw a theory on it. I believe this at first. I thought that he's amazing. I think he's amazing in and of itself, in and of himself, especially with what John is talking about, about the potential of these multiple versions of him being villains that are being controlled in the council and like all that stuff. There is potential for all of that, for him to be the next Thanos level, as in like three phases down the line, he's still like the big overarching bat. But 
there's I read a theory online or saw a theory online that talked about the idea of him just being the villain for this first phase in the same way that Loki was the villain for the Avengers and then his part in like the greater overarching story was kind of over you know like he mm. might just be like just the end of this phase as villain where they deal with Kang and then since they introduced Fantastic Four at the like towards the end of this phase we might be opening up for Doctor Doom or Galactus. Yes. Yeah. And those two, in an, either one of those two, could be like either the next phase villain or the overarching villain. Like both of them have the strength and, and like charisma to be that person. So like, staying yeah. in his infant years. <laughs> yeah, I would like, and I I do think what's great about this multiverse stuff too is that characters can come back all the time now whenever you want them to almost like there's some you know like anybody really speaking of which right before like i want to bring this up before i forget about it like another theory was talking about the about wanda's brother pietro and like how she brought him back in wandavision like as ralph boner or whatever his name is Mm -hmm. like that opens the door for his character to actually truly return instead of being just like a red herring like, they might have actually been setting that up back in WandaVision. Because I remember a lot of people were disappointed because it's like, oh, what? It's the it's literally the same actor that played him in the Fox version of Quicksilver. And it's like, oh, is that just a coincidence? And, like, that's just a little Easter egg they're throwing in there? It's not. Not anymore. Because now we have multiverses, and they could literally have that guy play Pietro and bring Quicksilver back. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious when they decided to do this, like where the line is with what they've put out. Because that did, it is nice going back to those kind of moments and be like, oh, I get it now. It's just been a, a lot of fun. Anything is possible, I guess, at this point. Like, I love that really with theory crafting because of Loki, like it has opened up so many doors that it's like impossible to like close them all. Like now the X-Men are back on the table. For some reason, Tobey yes. Maguire as Spider-Man <laughs> is relevant again. Yes. I'm completely here for it. And we're getting Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is back. Yes. <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm so excited for this Spider-Man. Surprise. I can't even begin to tell you, like, how much I want to see every Spider-Man that's ever existed, like, playing, like, in the same movie. And we get Alfred Molina's Doc Ock again. Like, let's go. I want to mm-hmm. see. I want the X Men to be brought in properly. I want some mutants. I want Rogue to meet Miss Marvel because that's how she gets her flight powers and like the the and it's gonna be great. And I don't know. Ah, can't. see, this is where this is what's gonna happen though. Yeah. We're gonna find out that you know how because Kang has interacted with himself in the past, right? Like oh, in the past and future, he's fought himself straight up. Um, we're gonna find out that. The whole time, everybody's been king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone is just a version of king. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, like there's a theory that the end of WandaVision and the end of Loki happen at the same time. And if you sync them up, like you can see the exact moment where Wanda like establishes her power, like, she, like. She like uh, you know discovers her inner nexus being powers is like the same time when 
he who remains notices that he does not understand what's going on in the timeline anymore or he doesn't know what's going to happen in the future so like her messing with the timeline is the exact moment that he does not understand and potentially hearing her kids from another timeline as well right right temporal nexus similar to wanda whatever wanda is doing with her powers i'm interested to see if they develop that further you know they and that's kind of why like sylvie and Loki are separated, right? At least in alternate timelines. Like, I want to see them get back together and to see what that would cause. Because it's, apparently them being together is all kinds of trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. Not like only what, did they cause what, all the events that happened here in the first place, but, like, I don't know. Them together, again, could cause something huge. Like, what energy? I mean, because there's literally energy there. If you think about yes. what it's reading, like, there's something there that we had to snip. Um it's like I'm thinking like Super Saiyan. Like I'm imagining, you know, like the Super Saiyan aura around someone. Yeah. If yeah. you if, if you had your scouter on, it would be over nine thousand. <laughs> yeah, glass shard breaking into your eye. <laughs> your scouter exploding. So I mean, whatever they 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 have so much potential that it was able to like, you know break break reality in a space that was meant to to explode to like you know to be massacred. Um, it's hmm. been talked about that Loki and Sylvie are nexus being similar to Wanda because I do, and that makes sense to me given what happened when they were on that planet that was about to the moon that was about to be destroyed, and they had a moment like you know a romantic moment between them right before they were about to die, and there was like that spike in the timeline readings that was off the charts or something like that, and it's like it's the two of them together or like you know. The idea of two Lokis maybe, I don't know, being close to each other or something like that in that kind of way, that kind of creates this. So cool. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, I've been reading some Doctor Strange comics, and I'm really excited because it gets really weird. It's weirder than I thought. Where did you start? <laughs> like... At the origins, or like, how do you even? I've read a few different uh, Doctor Strange, The Oath. I've read, and I've read Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange team up to like save Doctor Doom's mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's really, it's actually my favorite comic. Actually, it's a really good one. Um, but the one I'm reading is uh, The Way of Weird and Doctor Strange. It, it goes a little bit over his origins, but um, more or less, magic disappears. But like, um, magic and like, he caused he caused different things like strange names like uh, interdimensional bacteria, which are things that are kind of all around us all the time, and like they can kind of um, they're they're the things that kind of cause us to feel various pains and like emotions, um, things like that, like just literally anything like that pain mm-hmm. that's in the back of your neck. It's actually uh, some interdimensional bacteria that's <laughs> blah, you know doing X Y Z to you. Um, but it gets weird like that. Highly recommend Doctor Strange comics. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I would like to get in on some of this stuff. I'm definitely interested in all this Kang stuff. Like, I got to find out what's up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, for sure. Have you ever, uh, Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange team up in uh, the Infinity War comic? In uh, Yeah, the comic. The one that's after Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah beyond something natural like 
obviously, you know, this, the, that calamity, like volcanoes and whatever, it still happens, but something else even greater happened. Like some other energy, some worldly energy was concentrated on these two characters. Um, yeah, that it, would, that it would literally make a difference in the world or in the universe. I don't know if the, the big multiverse, I don't know. Interesting. Oh. I didn't know they ever teamed up. Yeah, yeah, they're they're silly. <laughs> yeah, I do know Doctor Doom is like a really excellent sorcerer as well. Like he would be the sorcerer supreme if if uh, Strange didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, dude knows a lot of stuff. That's why he's he'd be such a great villain. Ah, oh, the potential. Yeah, I don't want to rush though. I don't want to rush him. Like, give yeah. me a give me a good one. Yeah, take your time. But like, man, make sure you pick the right guy and write him. Just right, because mm. Toby McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible now. <laughs> yeah, what I like about him is he uses science and magic. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So Loki is, is just such a good show. Like seriously, um, yeah, we'll we'll kind of wrap it up here. So I, thank you, Miles. Thank you, Perrine. Actually, we didn't even introduce ourselves at the beginning. Um, I'm not Perrine. You know who I am at this point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 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 thank you, Variant Miles. <laughs> and I don't actually, I don't even know if you two are the real you. Yeah, I'm a variant for the greater good of this podcast. Hmm. Hmm. I am. Uh, I'm a member of the TVA. I'm B B one six. The P16. <laughs> You're I'm a pen fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but no, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. You know, again, we're nerd sandwich. Um yeah, we talk about nerdy stuff and thanks for joining us. <laughs>